All right, man, it is so good. I, man, I'm, I'm just so pumped to be at church again. Uh, if you're like me, seven days is a long time, right? You just, I just love worshiping with you guys and being in church with you. And uh, we're kicking off a new series today called A Love That Lasts, and you can kind of see that graphic on the screen there. Before we jump into that, we're going to do two weeks of, of relationships, just talking about relationships and marriage, singles, single again, wherever you are in life, we'll cover that. But uh, before we jump into that, I want to celebrate where we are as a four-week-old church. Can y'all believe this? Four weeks old, y'all. Four weeks old. <laughs> this is pretty incredible, and I want to celebrate some things with you. Um, in, the, in the last three Sundays alone, 51 people have said they've committed their lives to Jesus Christ for the first time. Yeah, that's good. 74 people have recommitted their, their lives to Jesus. They said, hey, we're, we're, we're going in, we're committing, recommitting our lives. That's a total of 125 people in the last three weeks. Come on, y'all. That's revival right there. We call that revival where I'm from. That's, man, that is so good. God is good, and hey, he, he did it. God did it. And I'm so honored to be in, in this thing with you guys. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. Now, um, one of the next steps for you, if, you made a, if you've made a decision or you've recommitted your life to Jesus, one of the next steps for you is what we call water baptism. And it, it, we're going to do that on a monthly basis. It'll happen on the first Sunday of every single month. And our next water baptism is March the 3rd. It'll be right after each service. And uh, water baptism is one of those things where you don't need to be nervous about it. You don't need to be scared about it. It's something that Jesus Christ himself did. He set the example. He was water baptized. And I know some of you, you were baptized when you were an infant, right? And then, and, and uh, it didn't take, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, or, or maybe... Maybe you were baptized like me. I was, I was a, a little boy. I was probably 10 or 11, and it also didn't take. I didn't know what I was doing. So I want you to know it's okay to be water baptized again. And if you feel like the Lord's leading you in that direction, if, if you, let me say it this way. If you feel like you should do it, the devil's probably not putting that thought in your mind, okay? He's not going to say, you should get water baptized. No, that's probably the Lord nudging you a little bit. And water baptism, all it is is an outward sign of an inward decision. It, d your salvation was between you and the Lord. You decided, all right, God, I'm, I'm going to follow you. And water baptism is now, a, it's a public thing. You're going public with your faith and saying, I have decided to follow Jesus. So we want to celebrate that with you. We don't, nobody's going to be over there in the corner going, I can't believe this joker's getting baptized. Nope, nope, none of that. We're going to celebrate, cheer, man, it's going to be awesome. So that's in just a couple of weeks. You can mark that on the connection card if you want to be baptized. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put you in an awesome shirt, too, that says, I have decided. Don't get baptized for the shirt, though. Don't, don't do it for the shirt. <laughs> hey, I wanted to give you an update, too, on, on a, little, um, a little thing that we've been working on. Before we even moved out here to start the church in June, we had been, we had been looking for locations and checking with schools. And, and at first, the school said, hey, we're, we don't really, we're not interested in having a church there. And then we started looking at retail spots, and we started looking at, I mean, everywhere we could. We were just looking in uh, movie theaters. I'd contacted the movie theaters, and, and that was going to be a great option. And then they renovated and put those big, luxurious recliners in there. Y'all wouldn't even stay awake for the sermon. I, uh, 
but really, they, they cut their seat count down. They also, they, they cut their seat count in half, and so it wouldn't have worked uh, even in the movie theaters. Uh, the event locations, event centers, many of them weren't really interested in a, a long-term or, or consistent uh, lease, and so we, God led us to Ace Hardware on Southwest Parkway, and, and those guys have been incredible. If you haven't been to Ace, you need to go. I'm just telling you, it's a, it's a great, it's a diamond in the rough over there. And so they, they own the building, and the left side of that building, we thought, man, we're, we, we'll take that side of the building, and we will grow into that side of the building, and, and we'll just, we'll start where we are at the school, and when it's ready, when Ace is ready, we'll just move over there and take that side of the building. But I'm here to tell you, we've already outgrown that location. Hey, that's, that's pretty awesome. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. And so, hey, we're, all, we're just looking again. We're saying, Lord, where are you leading us? Where are you taking us? And I, what I felt like the Lord was saying to me was, don't get in a hurry. Don't get in a rush. You ever rushed God before? And, and then what happened? <laughs> it wasn't good. So let's not rush the Lord. Let's never get tired of seeing God do new things. Now, let's just, be, let's just be on the edge of our seat. What are you doing next, God? What are you doing next? So, so that's just a little update. I, I really feel we're, we're looking at ways. Could, could we use this building? Is there a way that we can still use it during the week? We don't know. And if it doesn't work out, it's, it's not a worry to us because we know God's got something better. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, hey, we're going to dive into relationships today. We're talking about in this season of relationships uh, we're going to talk about marriage a little bit, talk about dating a little bit, and friendships, just any relationship. And we just celebrated Valentine's Day, right? Or as a lot of our kids call it, Valentine's, right? They add that M in there. Valentine's Day. And economists projected that Americans, that we have spent $3.9 billion on the one that we love for Valentine's Day, to, to let the world know we love them so much, and you still got in a fight on that day. Come on. <laughs> Spent all that money, and you still got in a fight. No. Really, hey, it's a big season for us, that season of love. Well, we're talking about relationships, but I want you to know this. This series, this little two weeks, isn't just about your relationship, because there's a direct correlation between spiritual life and relationships. Jesus said it this way. They asked Jesus, the Pharisees, these people that were real religious and they thought they, thought they had, you know, they had God in a box. They said, okay, Rabbi, tell us. Tell us what you think about this. What's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? And then he said, the second is like it, and that is to love your neighbor as yourself, and he said, everything else in all of the law, basically, everything else in all of life hangs on these two things, love God and love people. And basically, what, God was, what Jesus was saying was, if you, you cannot love God effectively if you don't love people, and you can't love people effectively if you don't love God. It's a two-way street. We got to do, it's two, two ways there. We're going to love God, and we're going to love people. And so, over these next two weeks, you're going to get you're going to develop spiritually but i'm praying that it will also help you in your relationships because how many of you know man when 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 your relationships are good life is good but when 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 your relationships are bad come on life can be hectic it can be bad sometimes and so we we want to focus on the spiritual side of that and we're going to get something out of relationships as well so a lot of people talk about um 
talk about love like, like they fell in a ditch. Like they fell in love like they fell in a ditch. Like, man, we, we were just walking along, and we're just walking, and, man, I just fell in love. I fell in the ditch. But can I tell you, you don't fall in love. Love is a choice. Or you, you didn't just fall in the ditch. Maybe you did. Maybe you fell in the ditch. I can see that. But you don't just fall in love. It's a choice. We choose to love people. So we don't want to just... We don't want to just fall in love. We want love to last a long time. Can I get a witness? We, we want it to last. We don't want it to just be a, a little fling. Man, we want it to last. So there's this chapter in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, that is, it is read at all kinds of weddings, probably every wedding you've ever attended. It's called the love chapter. And it's, it's read at weddings, but it's not often obeyed. <laughs> Because we, when we look at it, we go, man, who can do that? Who can do what's on the screen right now? And, and it's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is the love chapter. This is what love does. Love always protects. Always? Are you sure about that? Always? Yes, you're looking out, man. You're, you're, you want to keep your loved ones safe, people in relationships safe. Love always trusts. In other words, love is believing the best in people. It is seeing the best in, in people, and it's speaking the best about people. Love always hopes. Man, you got big dreams for, for your relationship, your marriage. Big dreams. Love always perseveres. When I remember growing up, there was this saying, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Right? I used to have a hat that said that. Or When the going gets tough, the t hey, that's love. It's persevering. It's not going to give up when time gets tough. And then love never fails. And so right off the bat, I know what some of you are thinking. You're going, man, there's no way. Who can do that? Who can live up to this chapter of the Bible? Who can do this stuff? And you're right. You can't do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. That's why we need God. See, here, here's the thing. When you let God work in your life, you, you have the capacity to I just said the capacity to do. Uh, when you let God work in your life, you have the capacity to do more than you ever thought you could do. Because it's not by your might, not by your power, but by His Spirit, right? It's the Holy Spirit working inside of you. So when you let God work in you, you have that capacity. In your relationships, there's going to be things that you think, man, I can't do that. But you have to remember great relationships are only possible when you, when you allow God to work in your life. In other words, you have to do it His way. If you're tired of getting the same results, why don't you change it up a little bit? Why don't you try God's way? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting something different to happen. So, so change it up. Do it God's way. Now, Annalise and I, we, uh, this August, we'll be married for 16 years. Now, we are not relationship experts by any stretch of the imagination. And, and we got married when we were 12, by the way. You know, <laughs> we look, look so young, right? I know, I know. Uh, but we, we got married. We did get married young. And, but we've been married for 16 years and it's been a fun ride along the way. We've, we've had some good times. We've had some bad times along the way. And, and i got to tell you, it's a lot harder to live with an angel than you might think. It, it's difficult, man. Her, her wings are all the time hitting me upside the head. Hey, <laughs> Halo is blinding me. I can't see where I'm going. It's tough to live with an angel. But seriously, she, she, she is uh, she's wonderful. I love her. 
We actually met here in Wichita Falls in, in 2002. I was doing an internship at a, a church here in town, and we met the very first Sunday night, um, June 2nd, 2002. I, I was leading worship that night. We all went to Chili's afterwards. It was great. Had a great time. And so uh, we started dating after that, and, and later that year, I um, was going to propose to Annalise, but you know, I wanted to do the right thing, and so I was going to ask her dad for permission to marry her. And if you're from Wichita Falls, if you've been around a while, um, you might have heard of her dad. His name was Dr. Willie Pino. He was an orthopedic surgeon in Wichita Falls for a long time. And he passed away about 12 years ago. So we, uh, I wanted to get his blessing, so I went down you know, to, to the house. And I was in on a visit and going to get his permission. And, man, I was nervous. Yeah, man, you ever, you ever man, just nervous. I, I was, palms were sweaty, you know, just sitting there, man, what do I say, you know? Because I thought, a lot of people thought Willie was in the Cuban mafia. See, he was, he was Cuban, and he looked like he could be in, in, the, in the gang. You know what I'm saying? These big, bushy eyebrows, big guy wearing a trench coat all the time. And I thought, man, I, I didn't really think that. You know what I'm saying? But it was, I was nervous. But by the, by the end of it, he was proposing to me. I'm like, yeah, I'll marry your daughter. Yeah, shit, that's, that's awesome. Let's, let's, get, let's do this. No, for real, it was, it was a good meeting. It was so good. Uh, but I remember that. Well, well, fast forward 16 years later, in August, 16 years later, we've, we've been married all these years. We have four boys now, and it's been a great ride. We, we love each other. All of our life, all of our married life has been in ministry. We've always worked in the ministry together. And I just want to say this. I want to set this up today because I don't want you to idolize our marriage I know people put pastors on a pedestal, and they, and they think, man, they must have the perfect marriage. They never argue or fight. You'd be wrong about that. <laughs> they, they must have the perfect marriage. They, their kids are always well-behaved. Have you seen my boys? You know, it's kind of like that. We're, we have the same struggles. We have the same challenges that anybody else in marriage has. And so I just don't want you to put us up on this pedestal like, man, y'all got your act together because we don't. We're going to mess up sometimes, a lot. And so here's, here's what I want to tell you, though, is that the last couple of years have been really good. We've been dreaming big together. We, we've been in this thing together. Man, we've, we've been taking leaps of faith together. And it's been a fun ride over the last few years. So we've learned some things in marriage. But we're, we're not experts, okay? We don't, we don't have it all together. So just imagine with me if we were sitting at coffee, though, and, and we're, we're just having coffee, and, and you say, Ben, Man, what, what are some things you've learned about marriage over the 16 years? And some of you have been married way longer than that. You, you, have, you have great advice, too. What about relationships? Ben, what, what kind of stuff could you give us about relationships? Not just marriage, but dating, singleness. What could you give us? And I'd give you five principles. And I want you to think that everything I'm saying today, you can filter through these five, five things. It applies to any relationship, even your friendships. It will apply to that, Okay. And in the middle of this, you're going to think, there's no way. I can't do that. That's impossible. Kind of like 1 Corinthians, right? But remember, you have to do it God's way. Okay? So if we're sitting in the coffee shop, you wanted to know, man, tell me some keys about relationships. The first one I would give you is you have to make a covenant commitment. A, a covenant commitment. And that first word, covenant, is not a real popular word. We don't use it a lot today. But I think most people value commitment, right? 
We like people who show up on time and leave on time. You know what I mean? We, <laughs> we like people who, who stick to their words, right? We, that, that's a commitment that we have. We like that. Well, here's the deal about commitment. You only need commitment when you don't want to do something. So if you like going to the gym, you don't need a commitment because you like it. It's fun. You, you get something out of it. it. You look forward to going. You don't need a commitment for that. If you like to run at 530 in the morning and you're going to do it, in, you don't need a commitment. That's just part of it. And that's why it's easy during the dating game and during, like, like when maybe you're in an engagement, first couple years of marriage even. You're like, man, this is easy. There's not a lot of commitment there because, man, things are good. But when you find out, when you get married and you find out that her feet stink. <laughs> and you find out that he doesn't pick up after himself. And he, he leaves his dirty clothes everywhere. And, and you find out things that they didn't tell you about before you got married. And you don't like them anymore. <laughs> That's when commitment matters. Because it's not easy then. Right? That's, that's when commitment matters. And so I, I, would, uh, I would think about it like this. Commitments are only important for, for what you don't like. And I'm going to say it this way. There are going to be days when you don't like the other person in the relationship. There's a friend that you don't like. You can't stand them on this particular day. That's when covenant commitment kicks in. There's going to be days in your marriage when you don't like the other person. They said something that hurt you. They wronged you in some sort of way. And that's the moment when covenant commitment needs to kick in. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the moment. There's going to be days when you don't like them. And you've got to stay in the game anyway. So you're not going to have a, a great relationship with your spouse or anybody else until you have a commitment, a covenant commitment, which says, no matter what happens, I'm not going anywhere. I don't like you right now. I want to kill you right now, but I'm not going anywhere. We're in this together. We're going to stick it out together. And you're not going to like what I have to say, but we're in this together, right? It's that kind of attitude. No matter what happens, I'm staying. I'm in this. And so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to leave covenant commitment right here for now because next week we're going to talk about it a little bit more. We're going to see what the Bible has to say in depth about this subject. But I would say, hey, if we only got 30 minutes together, you got to make a commitment in your relationships, in your marriage. I, the second thing I would tell you is you need to celebrate your differences. Men and women are different on purpose at every level. <laughs> By God's design. That's just the way he did it. He created us different. <laughs> We're not the same. We're not supposed to. Listen, in your relationships, in your friendships, you're not supposed to be just like your other person, the friend, your spouse. It's not supposed to be like that. God created us different on purpose. And there's this compatibility myth, though. There's this myth that says, well, you know, we just, we just don't see eye to eye anymore. What happened? You know, we just don't. We're not compatible anymore. You weren't in the first place. You were different to begin with. Right? But all of a sudden, like, we just, we just don't get along anymore. We just don't agree on the same things anymore. We can't see eye to eye. That's a myth. Because we're not supposed to be like that. Because God puts people in your life who are different, so they'll be strong in areas where you're weak. Or where you can be strong in areas where they're weak. He puts people, it's supposed to be like that. And you can't do it on your own. You got to have somebody else with you. You got to have somebody who's in this 
this, this relationship with you. So Annalise and I are different at every level. We're different. I needed somebody who, you know, you complete me, right? Hey, I needed somebody who was different because when I'm hot, she's cold. And when I'm cold, she's hot. When I want to save money, she, she may want to spend money. When I want to discipline the kids, she wants to give them grace, right? When, when she wants to watch Fixer Upper, I want to watch ESPN. And the list goes on. When she, when she says she doesn't have anything to wear, that means that she wants a new outfit. And when I say I don't have anything to wear, that means I, there's no clean clothes. I, I, we need some clothes, right? We're different like that. We're supposed to be that way. We're supposed to be like we should embrace it and celebrate it, okay? It's supposed to be that way in your relationships, every relationship, in marriage, wherever. Uh, the third thing I would tell you, we're just, we're just having coffee. I'd say you got to work on communication. I, and I don't do a whole lot of marriage counseling. Uh, I refer people a lot of times. I, I, we'll sit down for coffee a couple of times, but I, I think there, God's created people with marriage counseling ability far beyond me. But what I have seen over the years is that one of the reasons why people end up in crisis in their relationships is this one right here, communication. We've got to work on it. it, it it's important. So we're a young church. Um, just to tell you how amazing God is, it, I, I didn't know what to expect last week when we went to two services for the first time. And there was 514 people here last Sunday. That's incredible. That's incredible. Both services, I mean, you, if you came to the early service, it's packed out just like this one is. It's incredible. Well, that, that's a lot of communication that, that we have to do. We, we communicate with people. We, there's team members that we communicate with. There's first-time guests that we want to let them know that we love having them here. And we, we communicate and we send emails and we phone calls and meetings and coffees and all these kinds of things. And, and to prepare a message, I spend probably 15, 20 hours a week, maybe, on a single message. And so that's just to communicate to you a 30-minute, 40-minute message every single week. There's a lot of communication. But I'm, I'm, I'm so surprised that we will spend all of this time communicating with other people, but not with the people that are most important to us. I'm guilty of that, y'all. We spend all this time telling everybody else, talking to them about what's going on. And we don't communicate with people that matter the most to us in relationship with us. So they say that it's a, uh, the average couple spends about four minutes in meaningful conversation a day. Uh, that's just not enough, right? One, one legend, I call it a legend because I couldn't find facts on it. But you've probably heard it. There's this legend that says women say 30,000 words a day. And men come in 15,000 words a day. I don't know if it's true, but I think it is, right? Because I know for me, by the time I get home, I've used up all 15,000 of my words. <laughs> and Annalise has saved all 30,000 of hers. <laughs> so... Don't be elbowing right now, right? <laughs> but truthfully, though, Annalise, she does want to know what's going on in the church. She wants to know the decision. She wants to know. She wants to be in the know. And chances are your spouse is like that, too. They just want to know the decisions. And I don't want to talk about it. 
when I get home, the decisions have been made, and I, I, don't, I just they're in this sea of forgetfulness. There's this abyss that I've checked them off the list. I don't want to talk about it anymore, right? And, and she wants to know. She needs to know. In fact, uh, uh, recently, and I'm, I'll just be a little uh, vulnerable with you for just a minute. She needs to know this information, and recently um, she said something that kind of convicted me. The Lord convicted me with it because part of my job as the pastor is to encourage people to, to speak life and to, to just lift people up, man. I, I like to do that. And one day she said, I wish you encouraged me like you encourage everybody else. And, man, I just I did what you just did. Like, dude, man, that, that was Hurt, it hurt, but she needed to say it, and I needed to hear it. Come on, you know what I'm saying? And so what, it's something I've got to work on to lift her up, to encourage her, because here's the deal. I love y'all, but I love her more. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't want to gain the whole world and, and lose that, lose my family, because I, because I don't communicate. I won't say what needs to be said. I want to lift them up and encourage them. And so we've got to work on communication. It's not just what you say, but it's how you say it. How do you say that thing? Because you know you can say the same thing in two different ways. And one way is good, and the other way is not so good. you you got to be careful. So, man, I'm going to help you out. If you want to know the four most romantic words you could ever say to a woman, you're trying to communicate. You're trying to just lean in. The four most romantic words you could ever say is, and then what happened? <laughs> I just let her talk. Just let her, let it spill out of her and listen. Come on, ladies, you know you just, wanna, you just want somebody that'll listen. Just talk. It's good. It's, it's good to do that. So I'm, I'm just telling you, that, that's what I'd say if we were at coffee, okay? Uh. The, the, the fourth thing I would tell you is, is you got to feed the romance. Now, this is for marrieds. I'm talking to married people specifically right here. you got to feed the romance because the fire goes out. And, and it's not the fireplace's fault if there's not a fire in it. What, what do you got to do? you got to go outside. you got to get a log. you got to get some kindling. you got, you got to get a fire starter, unless you have one of those awesome gas-powered ones that you just flip a switch. <laughs> talking about old school here, you know, like my house. You, just, you, got, you got to fan that into flame. You got to strike a match. You got to light that fire, and you got to fan it into flame. It's going to turn into a beautiful fire, right? It's going to be beautiful to look at. It's going to be warm. You're going to like it. It's going to crackle and pop and sizzle, but it's going to go out, and so will your romance. Your romance will, will go out if you don't feed it, so we, we've, we've got to take steps to feed that, and I know some of you men are thinking, I told her that I loved her the day that we married that's good enough. No, no. We got, we got a, a little bit more than that, guys. A little bit more than that. And I, I know some of you ladies out there, the, the last time that you told your husband to turn out the lights and lock the door was when his parents pulled up in the driveway. <laughs> hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got you to gotta, you gotta feed the romance. And, and listen, you've got you to be intentional about it, but you also... You, you, have to, you have to feed it even when you don't want to, regardless of how you feel. Because there's going to be times when you just don't want to. You're sitting there in your old baggy T-shirt, ladies, 
that those that shirt you got in high school 28 years ago <laughs> you don't feel like it but y'all got to feed it okay feed the romance now i'm going to for singles for those in the dating game you're you're single single again where, wherever life finds you right now here's what i'd say about romance i would say you need to lock it up in a cage and throw away the key and, I, and I'm talking to you. I want to just tell you for a second. I'm telling you from somebody who's been down a promiscuous road. When I was in a young man in high school and junior high, I was promiscuous. And I'm not telling you as, as a preacher up here who goes, glory to God. I've never sinned like that. In my, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just being transparent with you. Had, had some stuff. Had some issues, right? So what I'm telling you is I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying it with condemnation and, and guilt. Don't, don't hear it that way. I want you to hear it coming from a guy who says, I've been there. You don't, you don't, want, you don't want to go. You don't want to be there. And, and so I would, I would say, if you're single, don't feed the romance. Here's what, um, what the Bible says. And I think this is, one of the, this is one of the greatest challenges that our culture faces right now is, is this sexual temptation. Because we have these devices and it's everywhere. And, man, we're, just, we're constantly bombarded with it. Paul, if he were here today, he would just say, listen to me, y'all. Just, just listen to me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even give sexual immorality. I wouldn't give it a chance. If I were you, I would get away from it as far and as fast as you can. It, it doesn't say this in the translation, but I think Paul might say something like, here's what I know about sexual immorality is it will, it will cost you more than you want to pay. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. You don't want to go down that path. And, and he's saying all the other sins that, that we commit are on the outside of the body. But this one, it, it's against our own body because we carry all this guilt now, this condemnation, this shame. This, we find our identity in what other people say about us and in our, our, our body and our, in our mind. It's, it, it affects us in so many ways. And so he says don't, don't even go down that path. So I want, to, I want to encourage you with that today, that you, you might be in some places, some areas of temptation. If you're single today, I, I would say, hey, don't even put yourself in compromising situations. Young people, high schoolers, you're going on dates. You in college, you're going on a date. You need to set some boundaries. Hey, if that, if that young man's not willing to, uh, to honor your request, you probably don't need him in the first place. Preach, brother. I'm going to say that one again. If the young man's not willing to honor what you ask of him, you don't need him. Amen. That wasn't even in my notes. That's free right there. It's just free. <laughs> but I, you, get, get yourself out of those compromising situations. Don't just plan ahead. Hey, we're not going to be alone. We're, we're not going to be in a, a position where something could happen that I, don't, I just don't want to happen. Don't want to go that route. Um, maybe... If you have problems with, with things you're looking at, maybe you could put covenant eyes on your devices. I'll tell you straight up, I have covenant eyes. It's a filtering software on all of my devices, my phone, my computer, everything, because I want to protect myself. I know that it's been a struggle in the past, and I don't want it to be one again. Come on, somebody. So we, we try to protect ourselves because, hey, the heart is deceitful above all things. The heart will say, man, you don't need that mess. You don't need that. Come on. You're stronger than him. He, he's just weak. That's why he has to have it. That's the, the heart talking. It's deceitful. It lies to you. 
But you, we need that kind of stuff in our lives. If you're, if you're single here today, I say, if you're, you're dating, you're engaged, wherever you are, don't even start down that path of, of sexual immorality. Because it is, once you start, it is hard. I know, you, you're thinking, man, pastor, I just want to get to second base. That's all. And then you're going to get to second base, and you're going to see third base in the distance. And Man, if I could just get to third base. And then before you know it, you're going to be home. You're going to be at home plate, and that's not where you need to be. Some, some of you, you it's, it's like a five-speed engine. Once you get it, once you crank it, man, you either got to shift gears or it's fitting to blow, and you just don't even need to cr- crank the a- engine. You know what I'm saying? Just don't even crank the engine of, of immorality, of, of going down this path. I'm just trying. You asked me to go to coffee with you, and I'm just saying this is what I would tell you if we were at coffee, okay? This is what I would tell you. Uh, let's go to Sol- Song of Solomon here. This is Solomon's girl talking. And she says, women of Jerusalem, hey, just listen to me, girl. Guys, hey, make me this promise. I- I'm thinking maybe she's going, I've been where you're at. I've been in your p- position. And I'm just trying to warn you, don't awaken love until the time is right. That's what she would say to us. So we need to take that to heart. We need to just lean into that. So young people, build high walls. Build high walls and, and just don't let the enemy have a foothold. A foothold is, is a climbing term. It's where, you, it's, it's where you, you can, you've seen a rock climbing wall before, right? Where you grab the, the this is a foothold up here, you grab that. And, and what happens is when, when we go down these paths, we give the enemy permission to have a foothold in our lives. And he just, he just keeps taking ground as much as we'll let him. So we're not going to do that. Amen? Amen. All right. Here's the fifth one. This is the last one. I would tell you, you have got to keep Jesus at the center. Amen. You've got to put him at the center. And I know that sounds cliche and churchy, and you would expect me to say that because we're in church. And today's been a little bit more of a conversation, like we're at coffee. Hey, I, I, but I'm just telling you, you've got to keep Jesus at the center. He has to be, if, let, me, let me say it this way, if you, if you want what the world has, then just keep doing what the world's doing. But if you want something different in every relationship, every relationship, then you're going to have to do it God's way. If you leave him out of the process, he, he created relationships, he created marriage, he created all of it, he created it. If we leave him out of the process... It's not going to go well. And the Bible says it this way in Psalm 127. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. So what we want is we want the Lord to build our, our relationships, friendships, marriages, whatever it is. We want the Lord to be in the middle of it. Because, man, when he is, it's going to go a whole lot better. Oh, it's not going to be perfect. Don't misunderstand me. <laughs> It'll be a little bit better, though. It'll be better. We want the Lord to build our lives. And I'll leave you with a couple thoughts here. If you're single today and you're, you're a young lady, you're, man, you're starting to notice some guys. and you, It feels good to be noticed. You know what I'm saying? I'd leave you with this. Don't focus on being, don't focus on finding Mr. Right the right guy for you. He's out there. He'll come. That's God's timing. 
Don't focus on finding Mr. Right. You just focus on becoming Mrs. Right. Letting God develop you as a young lady. If you're a young man here today, this applies to everybody, whatever age you are, right? You're trying to find Mrs. Right. She's out there somewhere. Hey, just wait on that. God will bring her. But you focus on being Mr. Right. Who does God want me? Who, who does God say I am? You let God develop that in you. And if you're married here today and you've been elbowing your spouse, like, see, I told you, right? That's not going to help. <laughs> Here's what I'd, I would say to you is don't focus on what's wrong with your, your partner, your spouse, whoever you're in a relationship with. Don't focus on that. Focus on you. What is God saying to me? God, I just wish you'd change him. No. God, what about me needs to change? What about me? Look on the heart. And I'll, this is the last thing I'd leave you with. And I feel like I can promise you this. That if, if you will, that, that you have a 100%, a 100% chance of success in your relationships if you do it. God's way. It's not 50-50. It's not 80-20. It's 100% success if you do it God's way. Amen? Amen. Hey, will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me today? We're going we're gonna to wrap up with some questions. You know, I always like to ask you, what, the, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you today? And I want you to filter this through, don't look through condemnation and guilt. If you feel that right now, listen, that, that's not, I'm that's not coming from me. I, I want you to know I love you. I'm so glad you're here. The enemy wants to bring condemnation and guilt. And, but the Lord brings conviction. And that, that's him just saying, hey, there's a better way. Let me help you out. Let me point you to the right path. So don't be thinking about what's wrong with the other person. Don't be thinking about anything but what are you saying to me, Lord? And for some of you, you're wavering in your commitments. You're wavering in relationships. You're in one minute, you're out the next. God's calling you to buckle down today. It's time to have covenant commitment. I'm not going anywhere. I'm sticking this thing out. If you're married today, maybe you're going through a rough patch. Maybe you're in a rough season. Maybe it's been rough years. And you, you feel like, like you're on the brink of just saying, I can't do this anymore. I'm asking you, will you dig deep one more time? Will you commit one more time? Because this is when your marriage needs you the most, right now. Maybe you've just been pushing people back in relationships, and you, you're not celebrating differences. You're just you're giving up on them because it's not what you thought it was going to be in the relationship. Or maybe communication is it's unhealthy or it's not existent. It's just not happening. There's there's. Maybe there's verbal abuse. I don't know what's going on, but I do know this, that whatever it is, God can change in a moment. He can change in a moment. And for some of us, man, some of, some of you came here today and there's no sparkle in your eye for your spouse anymore. You don't have the romance anymore. You need to rekindle that today. And some of you who are single, you, you just need to kill it. You need to kill the romance. And, and you don't want to do it. I remember those feelings. And, man, I, it's, it's not right. I don't need to do this. And you feel so terrible and horrible and 
bad afterwards. That's what the, that's what the enemy does. That's how he works. He's bringing that guilt and condemnation. Listen, God's God's arms are open today. He's saying, "Hey, I, I love you. Never changed my mind about you. I love you." And then some of you just need to keep Jesus at the center. You're finally at a point today where you know why you're in the position that you're in, and that's because you you tried it your own way. And God's saying, hey, if it's going to work, you have to do it my way. So wherever you're at, whatever's going on in your life right now, let's invite God in the middle of it. Let's keep Jesus at the center. He's waiting for you with arms open wide. He's, he's got a smile on his face. He's on the front porch looking for you. Some of you feel far from God. Some of you, you, you feel the distance between you and God. You've made some decisions and mistakes. You've done it your own way, and, and now you're, you're, you're thinking, man, I've, I just need to do it God's way. His way is the best. And if, if you want to come back to God today, make a commitment of life change and to surrender your life to Him. If that's you today, just lift up your hand. Nobody's looking. Just lift up your hand. God bless you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands are up all over the place. Anybody else say, man, I'm coming, I'm coming home. God's, God's love is for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anyone else today? God bless you guys. Amen. Hey, say this prayer with me today. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I love you. I'm grateful that you've forgiven me, that you've washed me and cleansed me. I'm yours. I commit to serve you to stick with you even when times are tough. I commit to love you, to serve you, to obey you, to let you use me. Change me, Lord. I invite you to make me new. And I believe all things are possible through you. I can love like you love. In Jesus' name, amen.